Welcome to the Organic Wine Podcast. Hi, this is Adam Huss coming to you from Los Angeles. Thanks for listening. Anna and David Delasky are my guests for this episode, and they are the owners of Soul Miner in Los Olivos, California. This episode runs a little long, partly because I had so much fun talking to these two wonderful people who are making wine from some of the vineyards I make wine from, as well as from their own estate biodynamic vineyard. So we were like neighbors who have lived next to each other for years only to discover that we share all the same interests. But also, I ran a little long because these guys are doing so much cool stuff. We barely covered half of it in this interview. Anna and David are making natural wines with Austrian grapes in Santa Barbara County, and they're doing it with amazing farming that is certified biodynamic and organic and will soon be regenerative organic certified. They are growing the first biodynamic and organic certified Saint Laurent in the United States. I love Anna's insight into terroir and growing Austrian grapes in California that comes from being a person who herself was also originally from Austria and is now a Californian. And I love that these guys are very conscious about giving back and using their business to promote diversity and equity in the wine industry by partnering with and supporting great organizations like Natural Action and 1% for the Planet. Actually, there's so much to learn from Ann and David that I'll just shut up now and get this show on the road. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome, Anna and David. Could could you start by introducing yourself? Thanks for joining. Sure, absolutely. It's good to be here, Adam. Uh, Anna, Hi, Adam. A- Anna and hey. I are, are here in, in, in Los Olivos. Uh, we have a small, uh, really small vineyard here on a 12-acre property. Uh, we have about four acres of planted vines here. Um, and Anna and I started um, this journey in, we met in 2009, um, and by 2012, we had found um, what, what, was, what was the beginnings of this, the, this vineyard, um, so we started making a little bit of wine, um, and then we had found um, Gruner Vetliner here um and i'm originally from austria yeah so that i was gonna say i think yeah i i, I know that there's an austrian connection i thought it was you anna all right yeah, just so glad we, glad we, we we went on a honeymoon we lived in la at that point and we i saw like a gruner vetliner like that was grown here in california and that was re- I, that really surprised me because the climate is so different Mm-hmm. And uh, we tasted it. It was from Edna Valley, and it was really good. And we just said, "Let's make one barrel of Gruner," and that was the beginning of Soul Miner. Did oh, we wow. stay that night? Well, yeah, we 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 went back to LA, and I I mean, we, we kept coming up here and 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 meeting people, and it kind of I I guess you know we just didn't know any better. We honestly didn't know anything about making wine at the time. Um, Anna <laughs> and I love never too old to learn something new. We love to right. drink wine and and be around wine and um, uh, but 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 honestly the um, we we lacked any sort of real world experience. So 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 um, so crazily enough that didn't stop us. Um, but um, <laughs> well. Yeah, you've had a crash course, I think, in the time since you started, especially this past year. Yeah, no, we 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 were just we were kind of crazy kids in love, and and everything kind of uh, anything became possible. So um, that um, and a lot of serendipity and in 
and some help in the beginning, really, uh, you know, just we dove right in. Um, and with some of the people around us, they, you know, helped us. But we had our own ideas about organic farming and, and, um, and, yeah. and, and that was that was a must. Like we said, like, let's 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 make wine, make Austrian inspired wine and let's do it the most sustainable way possible. That was definitely one of the founding principles. I love it. I, I mean, the, honestly, that's how I stumbled upon you because it was I was just doing I was researching uh, for a, a post. I have a post uh, about all the places that you can taste all the wineries where you can taste wine in Santa Barbara County that are organic or biodynamic. And just, I, you know, I knew every one that I knew and then boom, you guys popped up and I was like, what, why haven't I heard about you guys? Like, this is amazing. And you guys said your, you have your, your state vineyard, the Delanda vineyard is biodynamic and organic certified. Mm -hmm. Um, I love also, I mean, these are all the things that we do with our winery. We, we also, you, you list ingredients uh, on your labels for what goes in, which are often just grapes and sometimes and sulfites occasionally. Um, I love that as well. What, what was the inspiration behind doing that? Yeah, I think basically I, I, we, we, we had noticed it being done before. And, you know, oddly enough, we had to sort of figure out um, there's a lot of regulations um, as far as making organic wine, um, and, yeah. and as you may know, uh, the, the the American standard does not allow for any addition of sulfites uh, for it to be organic. So we thought it was a good way to get the word organic. You know, you're allowed to make an ingredient statement, um, it, 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 as and so we can say organic grapes, but we can't necessarily say it's organic wine because yep. um, there may even be naturally occurring sulfur that's over that limit. Basically, we found that lots of times. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I want to know what what I put into my body. Like if I if I when I, I I try to buy mostly organic foods and I read the ingredients label on on that, and I think you know it, it would be, be I I think it would be great if if we can if if everyone would do it on on a wine label too. I think it also um, comes down to um, we find that if if you're dedicated to to putting what's on, the ingredients label on the, the ingredients on the label, um, you have less of a tendency to put something into the wine that, you know, may not look good on the label, basically. So I think there'd be a lot less things going into wine if 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 it went on the label as well. I I think that's a hundred percent true. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's amazing when you talk to winemakers, even winemakers who are doing, you, you know, who are considered natural or low intervention. A lot of them don't list ingredients. And, and if you talk to them, you know that there are things that are being added and uh, you know, none of it is horrible. Like it's just about the, the idea I think the consumer has this idea that wine is grapes, you know, it's just mm -hmm. fermented sure. grapes. And, and I really and like the reality. I, I really sorry, like, go ahead. Sorry, I, I really like transparency. Like it's it's nice when, when you know what's, you know, what's in what's in a bottle. Right. Yep. And but I mean if you if you add tartaric acid, I mean you should just put tartaric acid basically. It's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. And it can yeah. create a 
a balanced wine that may otherwise be out of balance, basically. But you should yep. put it in there, basically. Yeah. So um, yeah, I. Yep, I totally agree. It's funny we are uh, preaching to the choir here be- right. between yeah. us. <laughs> um, I think we see completely eye to eye on that. That's funny. I, I mean, because I have that impulse too of just like when I go when there's a problem with the wine, knowing that I'm going to put it on the label if I add anything makes me get that much more careful about the winemaking. Like because I, I'm just like, okay, are there ways that we can solve this problem without? an easy addition of this or that, you know, and obviously you guys know a lot of that comes back to just the wine growing and getting a balanced grape and picking it at the right time. Um, let's talk, let, go, sorry, go ahead. Yes. Which isn't always easy basically. And there's, you know, like I said, there's, there's definitely a, a you know, winemakers toolkit of all kinds of ingredients that aren't, you know, that, that aren't bad for you, but it, can you know aren't aren't just grapes but um and yeah like i said there's nothing wrong with that it's just that yeah um when you're really farming biodynamically you're trying to work just with the vineyard and the grapes that you get from that vineyard so that that makes it yes you're careful and you also have to think outside the box for sure let me ask you guys a question this just occurs to me do you think that this do you think that we should be planting vineyards in California in places where you can't get balance? I, I know this is like a really uh volatile question, but I'm I'm thinking about specifically like Los Angeles. Like if you're trying to get grapes from Los Angeles, like I you know, I live in Los Angeles and we're we're trying to move our winery here and potentially, you know, and make wine from here. But that means a lot of times getting grapes from the Antelope Valley, which no, you know, no prejudice against the Antelope Valley, but the heat basically eliminates acid. You're going to get to get to a bricks level that is ripe. You're going to lose most of your acid. And so you're going to have ripe flavors, but a really flabby, like fruit punchy kind of juice. Um, So you're you're going to have to add tartarics. But if you have this limitation of being completely natural where you're not adding anything, you know, is that, I, I mean, it just, it, it makes me think like, should that be a, a form of evaluating where we're putting vineyards? Like should the, the ability of the grapes to ripen and retain acid, ripen fully and still retain acid, be a qualification now having said that it might have a lot to do with varieties because i know some grapes in the antelope valley really hold on to acid and maybe that's maybe that's the way we should be thinking anyway i'm just throwing these questions out for you guys finding the right thing and it's not just in la but um you know outside of california um you know there's all kinds of um places in the the midwest and the east coast and you know there's there's grapes grown in every every single uh, state, including Alaska and Hawaii. But um, I think the question of what you're growing is super important. And when you've got some yeah. guy in Texas who's like, well, I'm, I'm, I like cab. I'm going to drink. I'm, I'm, I'm going to grow cab. It's like, well, there's like hybrids out there. I mean, I don't even know all the names of these hybrids, but there are things yeah. that grow in Michigan that could be like way better than, you know, growing, you know, some of the some of the standard California grapes are the grapes that have done well in California. So I, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think you should look at, at, 
at, at where you are and what the terroir um, is expressing and, and what's suitable for that, for that place. Even if you're in a place that's, um, that, that's a great growing area. Um, yeah, you've got to kind of consider what you're going to grow. Now, in our case, we just threw caution to the wind and grew what yeah, we, we wanted to because of the Austrian <laughs> connection. So maybe we didn't, you know, follow our own uh, uh, rule. But. Well, but that's, see, I, I think there's two ways of looking at it. Like we, we make a class, more classical gruner, like that's like, you know, grown in the Santa Rita Hills that, that has some, it's still a California wine, but then, uh, but it, it, it's a little more similar to like an, an, an Austrian classic gruner. But then the gruner that's grown on our property is, um, you know, Los, Los Olivos is warmer than the Santa Rita Hills. So we it's definitely also like a higher pH wine. We harvest early to to retain the acidity, but we we, we leave it on the skins too. And it's it's like this, you know, it's mm. it's people when they move to America change too. They're not, they become Americans, you know, like it's, it's when they came from somewhere else and and I think, you know, grapes are really like, you know, they, they, they're a cultural expression. And if, I think mm. it's, it's good when, 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 when they change, too. Oh, yeah, that's part, a really cool perspective, Anna. I, I appreciate yeah. that. I, I mean, like part that. of terroir is, is so personal. Like, like, you are part of the terroir. So, like, what I, – and yeah. you're going to put, you know, you know, a lifetime of work into working whatever you work. So you better love exactly what, what's there. But – I think you've got, um, uh, yeah, it, it's a great example of what, what we found works on, on our, on our vineyard is not, it's not Vahau, uh, you know, Gruner basically. So it, it's, it's this beautiful, like, so, so we, um, you know, in the last four years, we've just transitioned our Gruner here that, that we've planted here. Um, is is going into this amazing skin contact orange wine um, where our goal for the pH is more like a three. Uh, I'm getting a little geeky, but like a three point five. Whereas yeah. that that seems high when you think about you know a a, a white wine with nice acid, but it right. actually works better to have a little bit higher of a pH for an orange wine because it takes away some of the it, it it starts to act more like a red wine when it's right when it's skin fermented so yeah, yeah. you get yeah so. i've noticed that a lot too where it's uh, you can't think of uh ph by itself it, it's definitely a contextual thing and when i it does seem like when you introduce uh all of the the polyphenols and and tannins and things that come from skins you get this like bump up in the impression of the pH, you know, if the, imp it could be a high pH, but with those other factors, it seems much lower than that. You know, it seems like you're mm -hmm. getting acidity uh, at a higher level. Um, yeah. Because we, we like to put our ingredients on the label, but we don't like to put our pHs on the label. Yeah. I know. We can talk about it though. Yeah, it's no, fine. It's, it's, <laughs> we, we can geek out. As, as soon as you throw out, like a TA or a pH, like there's this expectation. And it's just like, we just, just taste the wine, please. Like, like yeah. <laughs> here's the ingredients and taste and enjoy the wine. Don't, you know, we, we don't want to go too far with numbers. And 
are you uh when you say you're leaving on the stems are you doing whole cluster or are you t- are you destemming i mean sorry you leave it on the skins are you taking it off the stems is what i meant to ask we do both um okay yeah it's about half and half so okay got each it barrel we have eight barrels in the cellar right now and and you go from the destemmed barrels to to the free run whole cluster to to you know fully pressed whole cl- cluster and you just it's just this rainbow of, 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 of variants. And then we blend all that together. And it's just, I, I come from the music world. And so I always think of it as multi-track audio recording, where if you all, all recorded it all on one track, it would sound away. But if you like multi-track it, you, you'll, you'll be able to he- hear. Each barrel is a different yeah. instrument. Totally. <laughs> you'll be able to hear the layers better, bit better, basically. And then. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's it's like, yeah. So. Fullness and complexity. I'm, I'm, exactly riffing on that Um. totally you can really taste um some different elements going on there so it's um it's it's and have you have all all of those elements come together into one wine just sticking with the geeky questions for a minute do you notice a ph difference when you keep this uh the stems in like are you is the uh ph rising are you it is so that is having that effect. Okay, it's that's it, why I asked. It's yes. pretty minimal, and it, it it honestly can depend on the wine. Um, different different wines, different vineyards um, soak up more. But yeah, the geek the, the geeky question is stems um, the 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 the, the what, what, and again I'm not a scientist but whatever chemical that, that's that that's in the stems I don't know is it potassium is I it, think it's potassium yeah, yeah. so the potassium basically. Um, absorbs as you soak the as you macerate on skins it, it, it and it raises the ph uh, but i mean all wines will do that to some extent you'll start with a picked ph um and you'll you'll have an ending ph um but we found that it can it can vary so wildly um from site to site from wine to wine and and it and it's actually doesn't necessarily matter whether it's whole cluster or or, or destemmed although that that can have a little bit of a of an effect but uh, I, we, we found that it's less than you think okay well um so obvi- the obvious question here is why austrian but i think there's an obvious answer in anna um is there any other reason for why you guys selected austrian Grapes. We joke that I don't feel so homesick. Yeah, yeah than, that's yeah, great. It, what other reason is <laughs> there? I love out of You don't need another reason. It's, it's Anna. It's just like, <laughs> yes. It's just we love. I, it's and, like, I love I, Austria, and you know that's what I love about the Santa Bar about Santa Barbara County that it is so diverse as a wine region. You can grow yeah. old climate wines closer to the ocean, and uh, and then you go. You know, it, you just travel a few miles, and you can. In, in Europe, you would have to travel several, you know, hundred kilometers to, to get to a different wine region. Uh, and it's, 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 it's the diversity that I really appreciate here. And, mm. you know, I, I think because it is an authentic story, I think it's important to have an authentic story. And we are passionate about Austrian varieties. So I think it's, it, it's a good fit for us. But we're not dogmatic about it. We also make California wines. That's yeah. Well, the, the, yeah. <laughs> the, the interesting thing is we had to really, um, we had to understand how to, you, you know, there's plenty of people who just come here and, and, you know, they, they make 
wine and and uh, the 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 our 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 winemaker friend who 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 helped us in the beginning he he had an established you know wine brand and and made all these cool wines and and we said yeah we can find this gruner and can can you help us make it and he's like yeah of course i will and then we're like well wait a minute it's like well why do you even need us basically it's like, <laughs> you can just make gruner vetliner yourself and he's like yeah but you guys have a story it's like you have a story to tell <laughs> with this yeah. gruner and we've been telling that story for the last 10 years and it's actually just it, yeah it's totally defined us in this really amazing way and we really enjoy it we we tell our story all day long at the tasting room and I never get tired of it, not because I'm egotistical, but because it it <laughs> it, it there there's passion in what we're doing, and 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 we're showing people, um, you know, not just like look at how cool we are, we make these uh, these Austrian wines, but but you know, just the layers of 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 showing how uh, of un- understanding farming and 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 uh, you know, growing organic wine, and it's it becomes a mission basically. Yeah, that's. That's what I'm truly passionate about is like the, like, how can we, you know, make it a sustain, like the sustainability story is actually, I think I'm more excited about that than the, the Austrian, I just happen to be Austrian, but the sustainability story is what we are truly passionate about. Mm. Yeah. And if we were, if she was Italian, we'd be making Sangiovese. <laughs> but we um, also be going for biodynamic and rock certification. That, that, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Uh, <laughs> Wendy and I have a a long-standing love affair with uh, Austrian wines, and uh, specifically the one that you guys you have made, but I don't think you guys are growing Saint Laurent. Um, that. I, I hope you guys plant at some point. That's we, all I can say. We we have one row and we have... Well, no, we have more than one now row. No, we have more, but, but one row yeah. harvested. So we have a half <gasps> row. It's Saint, it's, we call it St. Blairy because it's St. Laurent and uh, Blaufrankish right now because it, it was oh, okay. enough for one barrel. So, But nice. yeah, next year we may have enough for one barrel. That's right. <gasps> so Very it, exciting. Yeah, so, so 2020, um, yeah, we have a... We, we have a barrel of a 50-50 blend. So it's uh, it's the first biodynamic, organic Saint Laurent in California. Um, yeah, so. it is. I know. That's really cool. I'm so happy. I mean, you guys picked some from up in Carneros to make some originally, right? Yes, from um, Richie Vineyard. Because, so it was the I, only vineyard in America of it that mm, I, totally. I believe, right? Yes, Dale um, was a pioneer in that. He brought that variety over and so we 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 purchased some food from him to 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 experiment with the grape and now you guys are doing it that is really exciting wendy will be ecstatic and we will put us on your list for if you sell any of that half one barrel or half barrel oh we'll definitely send you bottom adam we literally every time we go wine shopping anywhere we go we go straight to the the austrian section obviously if there is an austrian section um and pretty much purchase any Saint Laurent that we haven't drunk yet like that's Ooh. just the way so we've pretty much had anything that gets imported into los angeles at this point and a few other cities as well <laughs> where we are that's even it's it's definitely of the grapes that are out there and available um the Austrian wines. I mean, it's definitely one of the most 
obscure when you're here, but obviously when you're there, it's, it's, it's quite, um, how is, how is it regarded there in terms of quality and, and, you know, is it like, is it like the, I don't know. In Austria? Yeah. I think, so I grew up close to to the Bajau region and I was mostly a white wine drinker because, you know, that was 20 years ago when I lived there. So I, you know, I would go to the Heurigen and um, the red wines weren't really good because it was too cold. Now with climate change, the reds are becoming better and better. You know, for all, I mean, I read 10 years ago, I read an article about the Austrian vintners that they're excited about climate change. Actually, but now I'm I'm reading articles about Gruner vintners being worried about climate change because it, it, they can't hold the acidity anymore like they used to. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, but yeah, so I think. In my opinion, I think the Blaufränkisch always had the best reputation. And, and anything from Burgenland, the reds in the in Burgenland, it's warmer there, so they ripen it a little better. So yeah, Saint Laurent was I don't know what, what do you think? Yeah, I think the the um the it, it definitely you know Vahau is I I mean the, it and you know the way Austrian wine is promoted um, in general, you probably wouldn't even like know that they grew any red grapes basically um you're yeah you're hearing much more about gruner and and a a lot of the bergenland um some of the bergenland um winemakers are are like it's but but it's come in the last few years i i I guess you know gruner's been on the map for at least 20 years here i think um and of course you know all of these wines have been around forever we're just trying trying to to we're, we're just kick catching on it certainly wasn't um high high on my radar when um but you know before going to austria and seeing all of the especially the red wines and visiting so the red wines are more in this area bergenland which is um on the just on the border it's 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 practically hungry i mean you can see like right into the border basically so um, and it's the, and it's the same. Uh, so Blau Frankish is 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 I think probably the most popular. Um, and then Zweigelt is a cross between um, Blau Frankish and Saint Laurent. And then there's 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 Saint Laurent. Saint Laurent tends to be I think a little bit lighter, um, and Blau Frankish tends to be a little spicier. But um, mm-hmm. But they're they're both beautiful grapes and and it's just that they're um, yeah it's amazing right. we we tr- we basically started um, so the property that we purchased um, in 2012 it had three three acres of Syrah so um, so you know we've been we've been making we've been working with Syrah ever since the beginning as well but we. Um, at, at the time, the, the, the property in itself, we, we've kind of expanded the property here. Um, um, and, but um, because now we have a continuous, uh, another um, neighboring property that we've combined them. But in the beginning, um, the, it was a four acre property. So the, the three acres were pretty much planted out. So, um, but, you know, my, we, we were, you know, we learned the amazing art of grafting, you know, I, I mean, we, we didn't graft. There's the, the, there's this one guy, Salud, that he's, he grafts everybody's vines. And so we found, um, uh, cuttings from, uh, K- 
Ken Volk had some, and in Pax Pax Mall ha- had some at Wind Gap. Um, so we got cuttings from both of those and Blaufrankish. A Blaufrankish. Blaufrankish. So in right. 2013, that's we just said, okay, we'll we'll um, we'll take some of the Syrah and we'll see how Blaufrankish does. And then we did the same thing to some of the Syrah in um, uh, with, with, with the Gruner uh, vineyard here that, that, that we had started working with. So um, by 2013, we had a state Blau Frankish and Gruner Vetliner. So um, it was, it was amazing because it just, it did really well. And so we've been adding more ever since. Yeah. That's exciting. I, uh, what was the name of the, the, the graft genius? Salud. <laughs> Salud. Like health. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Good like it's, know. him him and his team, they, they they go around everywhere and and it's just the the it's it's such an art. Um and it's just it it's amazing how how vines work it and, is and respond and <laughs> yeah. can change and it's just wild. So it was a stick, and then you know, two weeks later, there's huge leaves coming out of it. It's crazy when you see. It's it. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I get. I I almost want to work backwards and ask about some of your interesting wines, but Anna, you brought up, you know, that the real important aspect to you is just the the kind of agriculture that you're doing. Do you you want to talk about that? I love when I look at your page. I see sheep and chickens. Or do you guys? have those animals do you imp- do you bring them in seasonally or like how how what do you do in your vineyard and- we, we have some chickens and sheep right now so we in the beginning nice. when we only had the the one four acre five acre property like we we we, we just borrowed them from sheep farmers and brought them just in during that time you know when the vines are dormant and before mm-hmm. blood break now with the neighboring property it has this beautiful old red barn and we we are able to include animals in our farming and that's when we when we 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 became certified organic from the very beginning we were like in transition for a couple years and then we were certified organic and then in 2018 we became certified biodynamic and that you know the integration of animals really like is a key factor of it so you know we have we make our own compost from the bedding and the manure and um, yeah, so that 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 extra property, that extra space, really allowed us to go there. Yeah, we have baby lambs right now. Yeah, you, you, oh, wow. Hair dust. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, some days we wish we just imported them in for the winter, but um, <laughs> well, and it's, it's, yeah, it's um, no, it, it's 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 pretty amazing. Just, yeah, just you, the energy is is it's a whole separate yeah. business taking care of sheep. I imagine. No, I, I mean. I, yeah, have you guys? Uh, I, I don't. This is not a plug, but I, it might be a good resource for you. But I interviewed the um, shepherd from Tablas Creek, mm-hmm. and, yep. and it might be a cool episode for you to check out. But also just to get in touch with him directly, he's just a great resource and can point you to a bunch of people. I, I mean, it sounds like the shepherd community is a pretty night tight knit community in the wine wine shepherd community. Um, yeah, we've done some biodynamic workshops up there and Tablas Creek. Yeah, they're great. Oh cool. Tablas Creek and and yeah, it's amazing. Like like that level of of graze it like like you really need a shepherd and a hundred sheep to to the the Yeah. The our 
our mower, like I, I got to help these guys out basically with a mower or else they're just going to explode. There's not enough. We don't have enough <laughs> guy, uh, sheep to basically um, do, do, you know, intense grazing that, that you need to do. But, um, right. but, but we're growing the flock and, and, and we've got. Um, and a, we're learning. And so far I'm the shepherd, but maybe we'll, we will be able to get right. like a full-time shepherd one day. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> <laughs> that would be great sign me up i think that's my dream job i uh <laughs> would love nothing better <laughs> I lo- yes yeah i just think that sounds like the coolest thing <laughs> i hope there's more of them um coming soon but right? I, I think so and like i think it's true like there's I, I feel like you know with going the the direction of regenerative agriculture like you know things have to change. I think there, there is totally like an opportunity for, for businesses that like for, for sheep farmers to, to cooperate with, with vineyards, you know, like it's, we, yeah. we change things. So it's, there's some new opportunities coming up. No, I've, I've really seen, I've seen, you know, I, I know you interviewed uh, Brooke Williams too. Um, I just, yeah. you know, in, 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 and what, what better to, to, you know, to, to post on Instagram than letting hundreds of sheep into your vineyard. And I've seen it a couple of times in the last week from a couple of different vineyards, like including, yeah. you know, his vineyard. And there are sheep, sheep guys out there now who are getting, you know, a couple hundred sheep together and they move them around and it's a business. That's basically. Awesome. So, and yeah. man, you can mow the whole vineyard like that in, in five days, if you let, 200 you know you you can do a 20 acre vineyard in a couple of days basically and and from what i've heard very economically like they i i again this was in that interview so it's probably on recording um but i unless it was off recording but anyway he was talking about a guy who does this who that is his business where he goes around to the napa northern california area at least and he just basically says what's your budget for you know, weed control or, or, you know, herbicides throughout the year, I will, I will beat that budget. And he just brings the sheep in and lets the sheep do it. And so it, it, it's a double whammy. Like you get the fertilizer and you eliminate the herbicides and mm-hmm. it's, it's fantastic. And it's, and it's cheaper. So it's, I don't know. Win, why. win, win. Yeah. Yeah. So, Triple win. So, yeah. So now it's becoming kind of like, yeah, we just need to go from, from the organic to the, uh, the, you know, using organic sprays to, to using, you know, no sprays and just animals, basically. That's, that's kind of like how, how things, there's a continuum of, I mean, anything's better than, you know, glyphosates and, and, and things like that. But um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's definitely where if it we're we're struggling with certain you know real world issues with having you know animals in the vineyard. Um, obviously, you're kind of limited. We haven't quite gotten it down to figure out how they can be in there um, other than in the dormancy period, basically. Right. Um, right. Although I did see a webinar, I did do a sheep webinar last year, and as there were some people that use sheep for leafing and i'm 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 going yeah. to do this this year <laughs> on a small spot yeah. <laughs> at the time when the the grapes are still like sour so they don't want to eat them so right right 
cool to check that out. Yeah, I think there could be a period not, you know, it's, we're, we're looking for bud break right now. And then it's like, well, there's still lots of things on the ground for them to eat. But as soon as these little shoots start showing up, the, those are tasty yeah they'll just get so interested in that and you know we've had to, <laughs> to put you know chicken wire around all of our apple like our, our 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 apple saplings we have about 60 apple trees we started growing in 20 2017 so they're only a couple years old and Uh-oh. and they just oh they just they love, love to just nibble on those basically it's, uh, there's just something in there that they just can't resist so you've got to um, find ways to uh to work with them basically so it's yeah i've definitely heard i mean as we as you know vineyards are replanted and we're we we are creating this culture that incorporates sheep and other animals into viticulture for these sustainable reasons i you know i definitely have heard about 55 inch cordon training so that's like if you get it up to if you train the vines up to 55 inches the sheep won't eat them like that's Mm -hmm. the height that is their sort of max that they won't go so you can if you're up there you, you know you just have year round grazing in the vineyard without impacting it we raised in our new vineyard um so so like i said we we started with this uh this existing vineyard and then we planted two more acres um and 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 we did we did raise it 55 inches i'm not sure like like 24 30 inches oh yeah 55 is a lot yeah higher than two feet for sure um no yeah, it, it might be as much as 40. I, I, I'd have to... We'll measure. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like what made sense, but then we also realized... The sheep fit underneath. Yeah, they, yeah. they fit a lot easier underneath in the new vineyard, but they still have enough... Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to put it up there pretty high, basically. Yeah. And uh, Yeah, I mean, I, I think the... I, I was... I mean, I, I, I don't know if... I saw I, I, the other advantage to that is it's a lot easier on the backs of those of us who pick the vineyards uh, at harvest time if it's yeah, a fifty-five they, inch tree. We, well, you know, if you go to some some old vineyards, it's crazy how 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 high the cordons trained, and then it moved back down. And I know, like in Santa Rita Hills, places where it's where it's really cold, and I, I don't, you know, they say it's it's closer to the ground because it's, you know, it's 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 warmer basically. So I, mm. I, 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 I've and the that. wind too out yeah, there closer to the coast, the yeah. Wind. So, um, so the, yeah. there's justification that way, but those those sheep need to need to get under the wires basically. So um, yeah, we have the we have baby doll sheep now. They're pretty short and stocky. So they're that's what we like about them. There's you know, we had other breeds before they were a lot more jumpy and they would jump up on the apple tree, uh, for example. So um yeah, they they, they don't yeah, they they don't definitely wouldn't go up to fifty five inches. Yeah, for sure. Got it. Well so what do the chickens do for you in the vineyard? The chickens are like, we just let them scratch, you know, just uh-huh. going around uh, like, and we just, we just, we also use their manure and their bedding for making our compost. Yeah. In the- Currently they are not out that much because we see the fox come by even like in the middle of the day. So it's there's oh. give and take, you know, ideally they'd be free range the whole time, but they have a big, they have a big, they have a big coop. 
Um, yeah, yeah, but it's 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 so true. You you just have this 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 romantic, in, this romantic image of oh the the sheep will be running around all the time and the the, the it's the chickens will be free ranging and and then there's yeah. just all these elements that come in that that you yeah. know oh, wow this is hard farming is right. hard and and um and Absolutely. you know the 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 modern techniques did away with all this for a reason but you, you've got to get back you got to get it back you know and, yeah I've, I've seen some pretty large bobcats in around Los Olivos, actually. We we uh, lost a sheep, I think, what was to mountain lion actually last year. Yeah. Yeah. Even and yeah. we we're pretty much in town, so. Yeah, that's crazy, right? Right. So yeah. the so the you know to really set up, you know, proper sheep out, you know, overnight, you've got to have guard dogs, electric fences. You've got to, you know, you've got to do more than just turn some turn some sheep out there basically um, <laughs> right so right it's it's um otherwise you're I, just feed, you're feeding the predators yeah my favorite part about the chickens is that uh they eat kitchen waste you know so it's nothing oh like yeah having 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 chickens and we get a few extra chickens every year just just to you know you 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 plan to have you're a gonna lose yeah. yeah you plan we to have keep... a couple for the fox basically yeah yeah needs a couple of chickens and we all like chickens so you know i mean we don't have acres but we have chickens here at our house in los angeles and it is that sort of like you get eight and you know you'll you're, you're gonna end up with five in a year basically <laughs> for some reason you know they're gonna get sick or some something's gonna happen um it's farm life yeah uh i it, but it, Absolutely. I, I think, I mean, in a way for us, they are great herbicides because they dig up like anywhere they are. If they're in a confined area, it just, they turn it into fluffy dirt and with no, you know, weeds or anything at all. It's almost like a slow process rototilling because they just plow everything, eat all the weed greens and then turn it under and make this nice fluffy rich topsoil with their poop and and digging and everything um and then they eat the the grubs of the 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 beetles that eat the grapevines uh, yeah. or the uh, and, and the grapes bugs, so they're good for yeah. bugs too um yeah they they really um they really help out they're 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 great yeah pesticide herbicide replacement for sure just, just yeah same ideas with the sheep basically take take your you know, pesticide budget and then turn it into chickens and you get eggs too. So it's good. Right. That's true too. Yeah. I know we have more than we can handle right now. Um, are you guys doing, how much time are you spending on the farming? <laughs> well, as much time as we can, there's, we wear a lot of hats, so it's, yeah. it's, uh, it's farming one day and winery the other day and, yeah, this, this helping in the tasting room another day. So between yeah. growing grapes and making wine and selling wine, it's um, it's it's it it's quite a process, you know. We'll we'll be for the big tasks like the like for like for pruning and harvesting, like we have like crews come in and uh, that that help us. So, but yeah, biodynamic sprays we do we do all ourselves. Yeah, we're we're finding that 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 the less the less you have a crew that it's it's really hard to, to train a crew to 
to do, you know, like, I mean, we're giving them things to use. Like when we prune, we, we um, do a special uh, tree, tree paste, vine paste, um, biodynamic vine paste. And, and, um, and it's great because they're um, um, the, the, the manager, he works with all organic vineyards and they understand the concept of, you know, vitis, using vitis seal or something to, to seal the, the scar of a prune, um, of a prune vine. Um, so because they're doing it at a, other vineyards a few years ago, they, when, when we would hand them this stuff, they wouldn't really know what to do with it. But, but, but this is different than vitis seal because it's just, it's basically cow manure and clay and sand basically. So, um, but very, very similar. So, so there's, there's certain practices that, um, we're able to pass along, but we're really finding, um, more and more, you know, we need to try and do as much as we can ourselves. Um, like with the weeding, it's really hard for, um, for a crew not to just want to just remove everything. And it's just something that, um, the more that we've, we've done no till, and now we're looking at, okay, well, what's growing under the vines. And, um, we, you know, we want to keep that beautiful wildflower growing right there. It's not a weed. <laughs> it's right. It's right. very specific as to what you consider to be a weed, basically. So we're so, so you're yeah. sort of doing some strategic undervine yes. cultivation or weeding exactly. or growing this, or something. Yeah. So this year we actually applied mulch under the like usually we use like an undervine cultivator like a Clemens, you know. So but it's we're trying okay. to get rid of that. So we're trying to find other. So this year we mulched. So a lot of it is mulched right now. But if there's a big huge weed coming right up like under the middle that's that guy has to go but if there's beautiful little clovers that are you know from from the cover crop like those i mean that would be great if they establish themselves underneath so it's a very selective right. process that we want to go through so it's, it's very much like which weed is which weeds are the good weeds and you know which weeds are the the, the ones that have to go right and we've got this mulch and and you know as the as the season progresses here, you're seeing, you know, less and less of the mulch. It's getting, you know, overtaken by, by growth. And we were finding, um, uh, yeah, some things that, but it's like, you don't want to disturb this beautiful, um, you know, mulch pile and this beautiful soil and, and, and all this stuff, you want to disturb it as little, as little as possible. Um, so, being strategic about what what you choose to to remove is is important. I think we haven't found yeah. the perfect tool for that yet. Yeah, <laughs> other, other no, than I, we, we, time and sweat. I, I'm very excited about this this sort of electric cultivator um, um, that that we we um, first uh, saw. Um, I I think it was it was it was Steve Mathiason was using it and. It's, you know, it's an electric tool that has a battery backpack and it's just a little, you know, it's, it's got a little, uh, um, it's got a, an oscillating blade that kind of goes back and forth really quickly and it just, it mm. works really well. So that, that might save a little, you know, I, you can, it, 
it's like we're trying to think of 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 not just you know our our welfare or any worker's welfare i think when you have when you go organic you're like yeah we'll just we'll just hand weed everything or or we'll send <laughs> you know we'll send a crew out and 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 do backbreaking work all day basically it's like well you know that's that it's that's definitely a way to not use pesticides but you also have to think about you know, a worker's welfare. So you've, yeah. you've got to, so, so these tools are amazing basically. So they, you need to add these tools as well in, in order to. Is it, does it, so it goes just like an inch or two into the soil and just sort of runs, like you can just sort of run it along and it, is that how it works? Is Yeah. So it just flaps back and forth, but like, like it, it, it kind of moves up and down, like forward and back about like, like really quickly, like in, right. in like is, yeah, a, like two inches in either direction, and it's got kind of this this kind of wide sawtooth blade, and it's almost like it's it's vibrating the ground when you put it in, and it just pops the the weed right out, basically. Oh, um, cool. So okay. so under the vine, that's going to be great. We you know we're 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 waiting to really put it into full effect um we're actually supposed to get some rain tomorrow which we're yes yeah i know (laughs) i'm excited if the soil's a little uh moist i think like yeah it's it's going to be like butter just it's just gonna just wow and so that's that helps you be strategic and quick without breaking your back and also disturbs the soil a little less than actually plowing or you know whatever like cultivate like an in, under the vine cultivator right you can just do like a spot treatment basically right you, you see like a, a like a, a weed that you want to get rid of but i'm i'm really hopeful that you know i i feel like there's a lot more people going no-till like there's a lot more people like regenerative agriculture like the idea like we we did this class with kiss the ground did, are you familiar with them Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I feel they are really, their mission is to make this mainstream. So I'm really hopeful as more and more vineyards go towards, you know, no till there will be better to like, we, we collectively come, you know, find solutions, how to best deal with these new issues, you know? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And, and it's, it's kind of interesting how the, um, the regenerative, uh, movement um and it 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 correlates to to biodynamics in a way that i think you know even more sort of (laughs) how do i put this more 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 straightforward thinking can be applied to (laughs) what um was uh you know kind of the the philosophy of rudolf steiner and biodynamics which may may be esoteric or hard for people to understand i feel like science has really started to just catch up to what what biodynamics kind of started a long time ago with you know understanding microorganisms in the soil and how the 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 microbiome works um you know a hundred years ago that there were just no there was no science to basically understand this. And now the earthly forces. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. where the earthly forces came in and all these things that sounded so esoteric, but now you can almost start to see it within regenerative agriculture. So it's pretty exciting because it's kind of taking some of the, some of the ways we used to think about tilling and how that was beneficial and, 
and kind of changing that around a bit, basically. So that's 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 important, I think. Yeah, it does seem like uh, you know the the idea of at least no till is is easy to embrace and is being embraced even in like a, a large non, you know, even non-organic, you know, corn and soybean type farmers uh, in the Midwest, because it's in a way it saves money as well. Um, and, and they're all as concerned about erosion and everything that's happening out there. I, I've definitely just listened to a podcast about that where it was like, I, he's like, I farm GMOs. I, I, you know, I, uh, but I and I still fertilize with, um, you know, synthetic fertilizer. But I definitely I haven't tilled for ten years. <laughs> and I was yeah. like, oh, well, great. Yeah, no, um, that's amazing. We we need to get off the thing. Yeah, and I've heard farmers just say, well, you know, we're we're using glyphosate, but we need we can't we can't keep doing this. It's not. Yeah. It's not sustainable. It's like we've 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 seen the change. We've seen the damage that that we're doing here. So so we need to find a way to change it. So yeah, soil uh, pe- health pe- is important. Pe- yeah. People are looking for, people are looking for a way to transition and change. So um, the more technology that comes out, um, the, 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 the easier it can be. And, and, and it, as, as a culture, if we really start this shift, it can really help. So we're excited about regenerative organic certification, which is something I think yeah. people will start be, be hearing more more and more about um yeah tablas creek was part of the the pilot program and yeah, so... we we were part of the first round of farmers being certified so they were we, they were just here two or three weeks ago and we went through the the first rock audit That's right. oh fantastic well done guys i love that yeah i'm a big big fan and supporter i just reached out to them to to see if i could um do something do a do an episode about just focusing on their labor sort of you know the labor aspect of that because yeah, that's that such a to us too i mean that's that's and you know that's something that 2020 like really taught us like with covid and black lives yeah. Matter. like it's i'm i've really be, i've always been an environmentalist but now i'm an intersectional and environmentalist you can't separate these two issues anymore like it's yeah i feel like that's 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 been really an aha moment yeah that's great i Just, know it's it, there's some really great stuff happening too and and yeah i i yeah so we'll have to keep in touch about that <laughs> um and i can't wait to as i you know maybe hear more about the the roc certification or i guess that's being redundant but the regenerative organic certification process as you guys go through it that would be really yeah, fun no, to I hear mean, so I, I think biodynamics is pretty close. What I like about it is that it builds on it, organic is the base. Then they mm-hmm. take they take biodynamics into a con- consideration as well. But then animal welfare is the, as the second pillar. So they make sure that the animals are treated really well because my understanding is the regular organic standard is not it 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 allows factory farming basically you can you know and and um and then the social justice part that's new and so yeah for, yeah in, in the audit in like, pursuing no till basically right is- no no till or keeping keeping the ground covered that's important and mm-hmm. we did soil tests together so the soil tests are a little different so you really look at soil as almost like another crop you know like it's an it's it's another yeah like yeah that's what I always, when I explain biodynamics to people is like, I say, you look at the soil as 
a living organism. It's it's not an empty substrate that needs fertilizers or 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 pesticides. It's if if you look at it as an as an organism, then then it's a, it's a paradigm shift. It's that's that's the difference between conventional farming and and you know yeah. organic. Yeah, once your head goes there, it's like you stop watering plants and you start watering the soil. Like, you know what I mean? Like you, I, I think about that now. It's like I, I had na- a neighbor I was talking about this as he was like watering his f- newly planted um, like landscaping. And, and he was like basically sticking the hose right on where the plant goes and, you know, was planted into the soil. And I was like, hey, you know what? What I've just told you <laughs> If you think about it, you should water all around that whole area because you're feeding the microbes that will feed that plant. Like they need the water, not the plant. Like, and it, but it's funny once you once you do make that shift in your head, it it does like you you start to see. I mean, you start to look at the world differently in what you're doing, and then you start to see the difference happen too. I, I mean, have you guys noticed that in your vineyard? Have you? anecdotally or in any other way are you doing experiments to just try new things and seeing seeing changes happen good or bad yeah we definitely see changes with i mean we stopped tilling three or four years ago i think and you know first i mean it's it's you know our neighbors probably just thought it's 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 all it's all weeds you know it's all it's just a perspective you know but um, right right it's I just like you know the typical practice here was that you you till in the late spring and then the 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 soil is just bare for the for the whole year and it's just this dusty thing and it yeah. just it's 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 it it still goes dormant you know in the in the summer we don't water enough to keep it all green um, right but it's 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 but the 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 the, the root structure is intact and there's no erosion and it's, it's, it's definitely, it's a big change to from where we were three, four years ago. And, and the weeds change too. Like it's, I, I feel like this year I've seen a lot more natives coming up too. Mm. Which is interesting. Yeah, we've, we've definitely, I mean, we've, we've pretty much eradicated. We, we, we had vine mealy bug when, when we first started here and, everyone was like, well, you, you need to use this nuclear s- systemic thing, you know, like, right. you know, and it's like, no, we'll just keep plugging away. And well, you know, finding hot spots and peeling bark and spraying it with a little Dr. Bronner's and some, some, some alcohol, you know, and scrubbing it away. And, you know, you know, six, six years now, it's just like, I mean, you barely ever see it anymore. It's just like it yeah. comes, it, it, you, you just manage it with just, it's just a very, um, you know, minimal thing that, 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 you know, you know what to look for. So, it, but, but, but there's things like that, but the soil structure, the, you know, the, and the amount of life in the soil and the amount of worms and, um, things that are, um, happening within the soil. I mean, it, it, it really is eye-opening and, and as we progress, yeah, the, the things growing on the ground other than the vines are, are, um, seem to just be in, in better balance basically as it, as, as we continue along. I love that. Yeah. I, well, and the vineyard is now at least parts of it the original part is now 
like almost eight years old. Is that right? That the original part was actually planted in 2000. So, so we took oh, okay. a, a, uh, a, a conventionally grown vineyard basically. I, I love that. Yeah. yeah. And so tell we, us about your wines that are, you're making from this. Oh, the wines. That's right. We're making wines as well. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's almost an afterthought, right? It, um, it, <laughs> we could keep going about the farming, honestly, but I want, I know you guys are selling wine, so let's help sell some. I think it's delicious stuff and oh, you have some great getting back to Austria, some, you know, unique stuff, some, some, you're, you're making unique grapes in unique ways. So it's, it's worth talking about, I think. Yeah, no. So here on the property, we have uh, Syrah, which was here before. And then we started grafting Blaufränkisch, Gruner, St. Laurent. We have some Riesling uh, and some Muscatella, like Muscat, but we call it Gelbe Muscatella, like they call it in Austria. Yeah, we, we, uh, okay. We, we we found some muscat and we we grafted some here in our um, in our vineyard and um, and so there's just a tiny bit so so here now on on Delanda um, the the white the you know the white wines like I said we transitioned the last couple of years um so so then we also we um, we don't have enough wine for the demand. Um, and we like to diversify a little bit, um, so so we source from some other organic vineyards here in in the county. So it's um, it's nice, like I said, to have you know, like we mentioned, to to have some 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 Gruner Vetliner uh, from the Santa Rita Hills. It's it's you know very close to the ocean, beautiful you know salinity. It feels like it's from the sea. Great acid. Um, so that's more of our beautiful direct press, you know, and then have that along with our, with our estate gruner that's skin fermented. Um, and then we do a, a field blend, um, with the muscat and the Riesling and some of the gruner, um, which is also, uh, yeah, which is skin fermented as well. That's beautiful. But then we have another, uh, Riesling from, uh, from another organic vineyard here in, in San Inez. Um, that's so single vineyard. Um, that's, that's more of a direct press. So again, it's like the classic and then something a little more funky. Uh, lately we've been, um, we've been doing a uh, carbonic Syrah, which is completely sans souf, no additives of any kind, um, done in carbonic maceration, which, seems to have been gaining quite a bit in popularity. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Definitely. We, we're, 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 we're not really trying. It's like, we just love it. And it's just like, yeah, it's just like we tried it and it was, it, it's, it's, it's always fr from the first time we started to un understand it about five years ago, it was always something like, so, so wait, you take grapes and you put them in a container and you just leave it there. Right, <laughs> right, right. And that's essentially yeah. what, you know, carbonic maceration is no maceration. The, 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 <laughs> the, the grape just starts to ferment on its own, in, basically. Inside the skin, yeah. Inside the skin without any manipulation of any kind. Um, and, you know, it's what they do in 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 Beaujolais so right. you're, you're trying to get 
that that fruit fruitiness with no skin contact and um and yeah the chemistry ha- happening you're starving the 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 yeast and it creates a completely um you, you know like this kind of like, uh, it's like an enzymatic yes. breakdown right yeah. it's an enzymatic breakdown that creates a very unique um fruit flavor like so it, it's you get this wild like jolly rancher yeah, like bubble gum and, and yeah i know i'm ready for one right now um <laughs> but yeah we also make are, some sparkling wines we make some pet nuts and one um method champenoise a, 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 a syrah a grenache blend so like and now we're making a cider a cider vignette so it's like we like to experiment we have <laughs> yeah i was gonna i, I forgot about the apple trees i was gonna ask about those we, i yeah, we like to have fun. It's just like anything that we can do and experiment with. Um, um, it's just it's it's a lot of happy experiments. Basically, the Blau Frankish, honestly, has some of the most amazing um, uh, flavors and and phenols. Um, it's it's really wild in the glass when you when you smell it. It's very tropical and um, passion fruit. Um, and it's just amazing. It just comes off this vineyard, and it, it and it ends up having the same quality every year. And it's just, it's 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 amazing because there's a consistency to how unique that wine is, and in these mm. other wines. And so we're kind of, um, I I think twenty 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 we really hit our groove as far as what we like to do. And it's not like we're shifting around like willy-nilly like just trying every cool trendy thing that <laughs> we can it's like it, no this is like we're we're kind of in this um uh what 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 we're doing we want to do it like this this every year because it's 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 just the, the wines are just so expressive and and um we're just having a lot of fun with them what what uh what apple trees did you plant boy they're all different species heirloom. Yeah. So, okay, great. But, you know, uh, it, we've got pear trees too, basically. But, um, mm. you know, there's fox whelp and Roxbury russets and like all these mm. all these heirloom varietals um, that uh, there's a great uh, nursery here up, up in... Um, Santa Cruz? Uh, no, it's in... Uh, oh, no. It's, it's in Paso. Oh. Trees of Antiquities. San, San Luis Obispo, I think, actually. Yeah. So Tre- Trees of Antiquity, right? Yes. Is that the one? Exactly. Yeah. So, so they. I just I just talked to them yesterday. Yeah, exactly. So you go on their website. Yeah, they're they're m- most everything they have is organic, um, but just you know the idea is to have a blend of these different apples and and uh, you know it all goes into an amazing, you know, estate cider. So we, we only had a, a couple of buckets, um, the, this past year. Um, so, um, but we were able to, to work with another farmer up in Paso. Organic. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're farming organically. So, so we got a ton of cider just to kind of get things going and, and, and blended our own estate in. And, and so, um, and Vigne. Yeah, we added a little Vignette to it too. I think it, it, nice. it, it it's a nice balance. And then uh, we used um, I love that Grenache juice to uh, to referment it in the bottle, so it's a little sparkling. Oh, nice! It's I actually more that. of a sparkling fruit wine. In fact, I think we actually have to call it that because it's about nine percent, and it's not all 
uh, apples, so it's technically not a cider, but it mm. it, it tastes like one for sure. There's got to be a new word besides a fruit wine, yes. a sparkling fruit wine. We need <laughs> a cider. Right? Does, doesn't but roll off the tongue that's, so nice. That's, that's <laughs> what it, <laughs> yeah, the, well, the TTB has a certain definition of it, basically. So you have to, as far uh, as labeling requirements, we're we're actually going to call I it gotcha. most, which is yeah, because the region the, where I'm from, they actually there's a lot of cider uh, apple trees, the, and they make cider, and it's called most there. Yeah, she's from most. the most the most fertile. Mm-hmm. So is that uh, M O umlaut? S T. No, it's, M. It's just like M O S T. Okay. We we're thinking of putting an umlaut on it just because otherwise everyone thinks it's like most, like more and more. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, just to make them just, realize it's not that. Some Austrian dialect, it'll sound like most. 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 Yeah. <laughs> wrong. If, <laughs> if it had an umlaut, but let me. I want to ask you about an Austrian word, Gemütlichkeit. Is that an Austrian word? Yeah. Is that an Austrian thing? Very, okay. Very nice pronunciation. I, I studied German in high school. That was my thing. I grew up. I, I grew up in Southern Pennsylvania, where it's like Pennsylvania Dutch com- country. So a lot of old, you know, my my old German farmers. Coziness, right? Right. Or how? What did you? How did you translate it? Yeah, coziness was the thing, but it was sort of like we were always sort of told it's not. It's one of those words that doesn't have a direct translation. It was an example of that. Like you kind of have to just know that it's a lot of different things you know it's this sense of coziness and sort of goodwill and you know optimism kind of like a nice vibe basically mm-hmm. yeah totally um that's lovely it's a nice word <laughs> mm-hmm. um well great what how do people find what is that cider available yet your sparkling fruit wine i mean is that available for a few weeks well few weeks yeah i didn't see it so that's what gotta get that label uh approved and made and approved but right. um, but yeah so so uh we're we're here in los Livos every day um from 11 to 5 and come and see us uh, we're um, nice. currently able to do outdoor tastings we, we we have about 10 10 uh tables so we um we've we've actually been quite busy uh the the, the past 12 months uh for the most part with, with, with outdoor tastings. So, um, it's a nice little, you know, from LA, we've, we've had uh, a lot of people coming and and seeing us to kind of take a break and, um, and, uh, you know, you have your, everything seated basically. So, you, you know, you sit down, it's kind of like, as if, you know, you were doing outdoor dining, basically you would sit down and, we bring your tasting and, and, um, it's quite nice. And so we're here, uh, seven days a week and we have everything online and, and, uh, uh, there's, uh, you can go and, uh, buy things online as well. So there's definitely, um, ways to get the wine, although it's, it's, it's going pretty fast. We, we do about, uh, we, we're, we're doing less than 2000 cases, but, um, you know, because that's kind of we we're we're really careful about you know increasing um, quantity a lot. Well, for one thing, we have a limited resource with the uh, with the estate, but um, but you know, I think it kind of becomes a different product if you start to make too much of it. We still we hand bottle everything our, ourselves, and and you know, do uh, like I was 
down there this morning with with our assistant winemaker Carter. Hi, Carter, if you're listening. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, you know, and we're just we're taking the pet nat, and you know, we had disgorged it uh, because we find disgorged pet nat it travels better and it doesn't explode in your face. Um, so it's kind of nice to disgorge it a little bit just to get no. Is it still considered a pet nat if you disgorge? Yes. yes it's, okay. It's, it's it's basically the the petulant natural. So it stands for petulant natural, and you basically um, you have to make it without any secondary fermentation. So a petulant uh, natural see. is primary fermentation. It can absolutely be disgorged because you're not adding anything to it. Basically, so, got it. Um, so you're not adding any dosage. It's just no, no. You're not adding dosage. We just add a little bit. If we lose some, we'll just add a little bit of itself back back in to top it up. Um, and Got we'll it. even put on, on, on our pet nat rosé, we just put a crown cap right back on it. But the first years, it's, it's just, it's too hard to control the, you know, the G forces come out and you either put a <laughs> warning label on it and, you know, don't, don't, don't open this, you know, at the dining room table with your, uh, <laughs> you know, white tablecloth or, you know, now we just kind of, um, yeah. we, we, we pre-open it a little bit. So it's, it's, uh, I gotcha. Um, yeah, that so, makes sense. So, anyways, we do that, and then we have to go and label it, and then we add a little wax on our pet nat riesling because we do a cork on that. But, um, but it's a lot of work, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, long winded <laughs> way, and we love it and enjoy it. But, um, but you know, every every bottle is picked up and touched many times by. Well, that doesn't sound right, but you know, <laughs> it's. <laughs> Lovingly. But lovingly, a lot of hands. <laughs> right, right. Um, I, don't, I don't know if we mentioned this, maybe back at the beginning, but the name of your winery is Soul Miner, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Yes, Soul Miner. Okay. But not S-O-U-L Miner, which sounds horrid, like we you guys harvest souls or something. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's interesting wow. because that was actually our first, um, that was, we, we, we dropped a U at some point. Well, we, no. we were thinking... <laughs> But, but, but we didn't think of, of it as a horror film. It would be more like you're, you're mining in, like, like within, basically. I see. Yes. But, yeah. But yeah. Soul, soul is more about the sun, and the sun. mining is more about digging in the dirt. But there's there's a certain amount of self discovery in there too. We we like to say the U is silent. <laughs> yeah, it's it actually it's interesting because it worked out with you know with our biodynamic journey then too because soul like the sun and the mining it's like these earth earthly and cosmic forces like it's 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 a good name I'm happy with it yeah and it's you know like the 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 vines are harvesting or mining the sun and then giving that to the microbes in the soil which provide the nutrients from the soil for the earth for the vines to you know so the it's there's a mining process going on that's using the photosynthesis of the plant from the sun to provide the nutrients for the grapes that you guys turn into delicious wine it's, that's lovely there's yeah. a whole bunch going on there totally. we're, we're 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 unearthing the 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 the, the earthly treasures of, of 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 wine from you know within the vineyard basically if you want to get totally corny about it but yeah <laughs> i do i i always do yeah, you can get a little corny, sure 
well, that's great, guys. Is uh, so, and it's soulminer.com. S O L minor, M I N E R, not also. That's correct. The other mind. Okay. Um, dot com. Cool. Love it. Well, I can't wait to try some of these, more of these, and especially, you know, we can't wait to try the thing that you're doing. <gasps> I did want to say before we end, I just found out about this organization and that you guys are involved in it. Um, two things. First of all, if people go to soulminer.com, they will find out that you also participate in 1% for the planet. And I would love you guys to talk a little bit about that briefly, if you'd like. And the other is Natural Action. You guys are one of the partner organization partner wineries with Natural Action. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Yep. We... If you want to just quickly talk about that, I mean, I, it doesn't have to be quick. I just don't want to take up too much more of your time. But and we were, you know, wrapping things up. But I, I really wanted to talk about that and yeah, totally forgot sure. until right yeah, now we, looking at my notes. We want notes. to talk about it too. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, it's it's something that um, we're 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 so happy is getting out there in the world because I think like a lot of people, we were really um, trying to understand. Um, you know, the, 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 just the zeitgeist of, of, of changes that, that have been happening, um, uh, in, 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 in doing something in being, um, an ally for, you know, BIPOC, um, uh, community. Um, so, so, so this is a way to help the, the wine world, hopefully diversify. There's, um, so, so this group has um, created a scholarship fund for Cal Poly, uh, for the Cal Poly um, uh, Vineyard uh, program, uh, and it's for um, uh, it's it's a BIPOC uh, scholarship program. So this wine, so so this is a wine club now that is basically um, has been created, and in, in in all all of the proceeds will go. Um, to this um, th- this scholarship program, um, and so uh, I you get you know wines quarterly, and so we're um, one of the wines in in the first inaugural um, shipment, basically. So um, it's super exciting to us because we really believe this is one of the best things that that you know the wine community can can get together and support. Um, so we're really happy about it. Yeah, we're actually bottling the the wine for the for this wine club uh, on Thursday. So we we are we're right. providing one barrel of wine, and there's three other wines in there. And uh, yeah, there's uh, Scar of the Sea and um, uh, Amplify, wine, I believe, and Amplify. And Amplify. Yes. So these are the, the these are all they're natural organic winemakers, and so so really the 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 impetus and again it's that you know we use that term intersectional environmentalism uh, which is just simply states that you can't take care of the earth until you, you, you without also trying to take care of the people who live on the earth basically so we're trying to do something um if, for social justice for, for for racial equality um in this project so um I, I i think it's a great idea when it was brought to us um, uh, yeah, we signed we, up for the wine club too. We, We're yeah, excited about but our we first just, shipment. We just immediately said yes. What 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 wine can we make for this? So 
and That's and, great. The, and the labels will be designed by, by like it's uh, it is by black artists like this from a from a black art collection so it's 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 a it's a it's a great project we're excited right a couple i think a couple of the guys that are involved in it are are art art are part of the art world if i remember correctly yes. the kinsey collection is a is, yes. is a big um black uh collection of black art art basically and so that's um the 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 um that that the family's involved in this as well basically and then we've got um some 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 winemakers who are here and um you know so, some other um um black owned businesses um uh that are uh, involved um from LA so it's got a nice connection between the art world and and everything basically so um so i i think it's going to take off because the the wines are going to be you know re really great natural wines and you know it's it's, and the, it's for a good cause the, the the wine world is still pretty non-diverse so it's 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 you know providing scholarships is 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 one way of 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 dealing with that or getting rid of that inequality yeah um, what um Adam, the, the yeah. website we might want to throw out too, basically for for some. Yeah. I think it's Natural Action, um, which I think naturalaction.org. And you guys are listed there on the partners page. And on Instagram, uh, they're Natural Action Wine Club. Or yes. Natural Action WC. Mm -hmm. You can follow them on Instagram. But it's, it, yeah, it's great. And then 1% for the planet is. Uh, you know, very, uh, it, that it's a great organization, um, that allows us to, um, uh, give, uh, 1% of our, uh, of our revenues to, uh, environmental groups. Um, so there's just a huge network of environmental groups, um, that is, um, uh, that, 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 that can benefit from businesses who, are 1% for the planet, uh, members. So, um, so it's just a great, you know, give, give back. And, um, and so, you know, we're happy to do it. So it's been good. That's great. Yeah. These are, uh, I mean, very cool things that you're doing. Uh, thank you for sharing about that. <laughs> I, it's, uh, yeah, I love that. And I hope you guys are setting an example for, for others, um, including me. I really appreciate it. So thank you. And, and thanks, thanks for coming on and talking about all this. It's been, uh, like I said, a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank for you me. for having us. <laughs> yeah, it's no, been... no, you're welcome. And, and, uh, and, uh, we, we really appreciate you doing what, what you do and you're, you're building a great, uh, library of conversations that, um, it's, 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 it's certainly, it's got a lot of depth and information and, um, Definitely, I recommend everyone to 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 go through it. It's it's for me. It's just amazing to hear all these people on your podcast. So we really appreciate what you're doing as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, I hope it's a resource and can be helpful. And hope uh, we can have you guys come back and talk some more. I like I said, I definitely would love to hear about the regenerative organic certification. It sounds like you guys have a lot going on and have the kind of minds that keep working on new things too so that'll be exciting to talk again in the future and see totally. what you're up to 
it's a journey. It's 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 definitely not there yet. No, <laughs> no. We'll, we'll we'll get there when we when we exit the earth. I guess basically, <laughs> right? Um, it's it's an evolution, and uh, yeah, we certainly don't have all the answers, but part of it is is to to it's 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 more about it's 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 more about understanding and, 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 and compassion than, than, than having all the answers for sure. I love that. That's a great, great ending point. Thanks guys very much. All right. For sure. And soon. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate your time and attention. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. If you want to support what we're doing and want to get involved, please go to centraliswine.com. That's C-E-N-T-R-A-L-A-S wine.com. And you can link to all of our other podcast episodes from there. You can check out the blog and you can sign up for our email list and you can buy our wine there. But also, please support... Anna and David and Soul Miner, uh, they're doing such great work and their wine is yummy. 